Welcome to the South Coast Christian Podcast. I'm Pastor Tom Westerfield. On behalf of myself and our entire staff, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope this message uplifts and encourages you this week. Uh, We've been in a series called The Long Game, and we're going to continue that series today. It's our fourth week in a series, and really what the whole idea of The Long Game is, it's about our journey of faith with Jesus Christ. How do we journey through this life and continue to have great faith to believe for the impossible? How do we have faith for our life, for our children, for our grandchildren? How do we have faith for everything in and through our lives? And we've been concentrating a lot on uh, characters within the Bible, especially the Old Testament characters. And especially we're going into uh, Hebrews chapter 11, which I know is the New Testament. But they reference Old Testament characters, that, that people who have great Faith. And today I want to talk about someone who is mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11. His name is Joseph, and he is the great-grandson of Abraham. And I think it's, I have a message today I think is going to touch your heart today. I think you're going to walk away with greater faith than ever before. Not just that. I am hoping the goal for me today as I share God's word is that you're going to take faith, and today when you walk away, you're going to have a little bit better knowledge of how to apply your faith in everyday life. You know, I can preach the word, but if there's no application, if you don't walk away with how do I apply this to my life, then all of a sudden there's something missing. So my goal today is that you'll walk away and you go like, this is how I apply it to my life. Um, We're talking about Joseph, and it's a little strange because I just finished a series in the first of the year uh, called Off the Bench, which was really highlighting the entire uh, life of Joseph. But today we're focusing just primarily on the faith that Joseph had. Uh, Let's read what is said about Joseph in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 22. It says, It was by faith that Joseph, when he was about to die, said confidently that the people of Israel would leave Egypt. He even commanded them to take his bones with them when they left. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your word today, and I pray, God, today... Your word will once again penetrate our hearts and our minds and our lives. I pray that the power of your Holy Spirit will bring your word alive. So, Lord God, it's just not words on a paper, but, Lord God, they're literally life-changing revelation to each one of us. I thank you for what you're going to do today. In Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. Everyone said? Amen. Come on. I want faith in here today. Amen. It's interesting that the honorable mention that the author of Hebrews that gives uh, to Joseph about his faith is for something that Joseph did at the very end of his life, right before he died. This is what the author of Hebrews focuses on, is the faith at the, at basically on his deathbed. Yet we know that Joseph had great faith throughout his, his entire life. Joseph had the faith to believe in a dream that God had given him when he was a teenager, when he was just a young man. That dream, that faith carried him through his life. Joseph was just 17 years old when his brothers sold him into slavery. And when all of a sudden his brothers told his father Jacob a lie that he was killed by a wild animal. He was 17 years old when all this was taking place in his life. And throughout his life we see a journey of faith. But if we take a closer look at Joseph's faith, I want to take a closer look at Joseph's faith today and how it carried him through the long game of life. The first thing that we see in, his, in Joseph's life is that he had faith 
beyond his circumstances. Faith beyond his circumstances. Joseph's entire life was filled with circumstances that were way beyond his control. It began at his birth. Joseph was born the favored son of his father Jacob. Why was he born the favored son? Because uh, Rachel was Jacob's favorite wife. Pastor Tom, what are you talking about? How can you have a favorite wife? Well, it's because Jacob had two wives. I know, the Old Testament gets a little complicated, okay? Let me just say that right now. But Jacob was tricked. He thought he was marrying Rachel, and the father-in-law decided that the older daughter, Leah, he was going to all of a sudden sneak Leah into the honeymoon bed, and all of a sudden Jacob, he turns over and goes, who is this? And it's Leah, and all of a sudden he's tricked to marrying Leah, and then he has to work another seven, seven years. He works a total of 14 years to marry the one that he truly loved, and that was Rachel. Rachel was not able to have chi- a child, and eventually, all of a sudden, Rachel has a child, and they name him Joseph. And because she had this child, because he loved Rachel so much, he became the favored child. And all of a sudden, the stepbrothers that were already living, already born, they were jealous of Joseph because they knew that Jacob, their father, loved Joseph just a little bit more. It's just a true statement. That's where it was at. Now, the thing I want you to understand something here is this. It wasn't Joseph's fault that he was favored. It wasn't Joseph's fault because of the circumstances. He was born into it. He did nothing wrong. And yet all of a sudden his brothers end up hating him. It wasn't Joseph's fault when he was sold into slavery and he appeared dead to his father. It was a scheme that was cooked up by his stepbrothers. And Joseph finds himself now in a foreign land as a slave. By God's favor, Joseph continued to be favored by God, and he was given a prestigious position to be basically Potiphar's second-hand person where basically he ran and managed his entire household. However, Joseph was a handsome man. The Bible talks about him being a handsome man, and Potiphar's wife saw that Joseph was handsome. I'm giving a really quick highlight of Joseph's life, and if you want more of that, you can go back to these series that I was talking about that we had done before, but Basically, all of a sudden, because Joseph was handsome, Potiphar's wife all of a sudden gets her hands on Joseph, and Joseph knows it's wrong, and by faith, he flees out of that home, but then all of a sudden, she accuses him that he tried to rape her, and then then Potiphar gets so upset that he throws Joseph into prison. Guess what? It wasn't Joseph's fault that he was thrown into prison. He was actually honoring Potiphar. It was circumstances that were beyond his control. Anybody been there? Okay, just wanted to make sure I was preaching to the right crowd. He was making the right choice. He was trying to show respect. He was being honorable, yet he was thrown into prison. Joseph remained in prison for a number of years. Again, God gave favor to Joseph, and Joseph was put in charge of the prison. As it, even though he was locked up there, he was basically in charge. The point that I share with you today is that Joseph faced many circumstances that were way beyond his control, yet Joseph's faith never wavered from God. How's your faith? What happens in your life where circumstances that are beyond your control hit you? Does your faith waver? Do you get upset? Do you get frustrated? Are you like a little kid where all of a sudden you just have had enough, you pick up your toys, you go home, you don't want to play anymore? I mean, that's just how it is. You cross the line, all of a sudden, uh-uh, this is not for me anymore. Do you blame God? Do you say fat on this? I don't want to deal with this. Your pastor's thought about that at times. 
So I, I think if I have, I'm sure that maybe times in your life you go, But here's something I really want you to catch regarding Joseph's life. Joseph didn't allow the circumstances of life to dictate his faith. His faith dictated the circumstances of his life. His faith changed his circumstances. And sometimes in our life we forget that if we have great faith, we can actually change our circumstances. If you look at Joseph's life... Over and over and over again, he comes into situations that are beyond his control. But because he didn't allow the circumstances of his life to control his faith, all of a sudden bury him, all of a sudden woe is me. Oh man, you know what, I don't know what to do, I might as well just crawl up and die. Because you know what, God doesn't love me anymore, God doesn't care about me. You could have thought that when you were thrown into prison. You could have thought that when you were in the pit and your brothers, who you would hope would love you, sell you into slavery. You could have thought of all those things. But Joseph... Joseph didn't. His faith remained in his God. And because his faith remained in his God, guess what took place? His faith started to change his circumstances instead of allowing his circumstances to change his faith. Joseph trusted God when he was sold into slavery. Joseph trusted God when he was falsely accused. Joseph trusted God when he was thrown into prison. He trusted God when his brothers returned to Egypt for his help. Joseph doesn't act selfishly. Joseph was, re- was already or was always ready and willing to use the gifts and talents that God gave him. And this was something that jumped out of the page at me when I was thinking about this. We've all been given talents. We've all been given gifts in our life. God has ordained those things for you. They're special just to you. They're unique to you. And what happens in life when we get disappointed, when we get discouraged, when things don't go right, when the circumstances of life that are beyond our control start to overcome us, what happens is sometimes we take those gifts and we just hold them into ourselves. The thing that is so amazing about Joseph's faith, he never did that. No matter what circumstances, it didn't matter that he was second in command of all of Egypt. The only one higher was Pharaoh himself. Or if he was in prison, locked up, guess what? He used his gifts to glorify God no matter what his circumstances might have been. And that is something that we can take from Joseph's life and apply it to our life. How great faith doesn't allow the circumstances of life to change who we are and the gifts that God has given us. That's a good word, Pastor Tom. Living by faith is trusting God beyond your circumstances. The Apostle Paul writes these words in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. He says, so we don't look at the troubles we can now see. Oh, I love that. Rather, we fix our gaze on the things that, we cannot, that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. Faith is choosing to see beyond the circumstances of life. When I was preparing this message, I was thinking... Annette and I, not too long ago, watched a movie called Harriet, and it was such a powerful movie. And I can't help but think about two people in that movie, Frederick Douglass, who was an American abolitionist. After escaping from slavery in, Mary's, in <coughs> Maryland, he fought against slavery through his, through his writing and through his oratory skills. He became famous for his impressive 
anti-slavery writings. He fought tirelessly for freedom, not just for the black community, but he fought for the freedom of anybody who was oppressed. He fought for equality. Frederick Douglass was a man who could have succumbed to the circumstances of life because at the time that he grew up, the, the racism was so strong that people didn't even consider that a black person could actually have intelligence. And yet this man had so much ability to write. He had so much speaking ability that he started to change a nation just through his writings. He used, see, he could have succumbed to the situation of his life and he could have taken those gifts that God had given him and he could have buried those gifts. But instead of burying those gifts, he used his gifts to change a nation. That's what he did. Harriet Tubman escaped from slavery. She never surrendered to the circumstances that surrounded her life. She completed 13 missions and freed over 70 people from slavery. She was nicknamed Moses. I just love that because she was freeing people from bondage. She was setting them free. She was going into difficult situations, risking her own life. She completed 13 missions and freed over 70 people. When the Civil War took place, she served with the Union soldiers because she recognized it was the fight against slavery. She served as a scout. Catch this. And she became the first woman to ever lead an armed assault during the Civil War. Powerful woman. Harriet acted selflessly by risking her own life for the lives of others. Her faith in God saw beyond her circumstances. Another highlight of Joseph's life that I want to give you to you today is this. Faith remained in God's promise. Faith remains in God's promise. We know that Joseph was given a dream that he would one day rule and that even his family would bow down to his authority. We know that he was given that and that dream actually came true. And throughout Joseph's life, he lived by faith. He continued to live by faith. But the item that's not often discussed is that Joseph's faith always remained in a promise that God gave to his great-grandfather Abraham. That one day the people of Israel, the one day the Israelites would have their own nation. They'd have their own promised land. Listen to the verse in Genesis chapter 50, verse 24. This is at the end of, the, of Joseph's life. He says, Joseph says, soon I will die, Joseph told his brothers. But God will surely come to help you and lead you out of this land of Egypt. He will bring you back to the land he solemnly promised to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. Joseph never allowed the promise that he heard from his great-grandfather Abraham, he never allowed that promise to die. He kept that promise close to his heart, the promise of a place to call home. Think about all the years that Joseph lived in a foreign land. He left, he was sold into slavery at the age of 17 years old. He's on his deathbed at 110 years old. If you do the math, you discover that he was living in Egypt in a foreign land for over 90 years. And in the entire time that he was living in Egypt, he was allowing his faith to lead him. And God did the miraculous things within his life. Yet he never lost faith. He never lost sight of the promise that his great-grandfather was given. That one day they would be delivered into the promised land. He never lost sight of that. Joseph's faith in God had taken him from favored son to slave, to prisoner, to ruler of a kingdom. He never lost sight of what God was doing in and through his life, and he never lost sight of the promise. 
It reminds me of the faith found in an older believer who has followed Jesus over their entire life. If you ever sit down and talk to someone that has been in their 80s or in their 90s and they've, they've loved Jesus all of their life. And one of the things that just encourages me so much as I start talking to them, it's like that from the very first day when they came to salvation that, and the recognition that they have a new home and called heaven. And you're talking to them now and they're in their 90s. And you know what? It's more alive today than it was back when they first accepted Christ because their faith never gave up on the promises of Jesus. It stayed strong in their heart and it stayed strong. Their faith remained. It remained their entire life. Do you know faith is one of the gifts that will never leave you? It is a gift that will last forever. Pastor Tom, how do you know that? Because the word of God says it. Man, if you read God's word, there's amazing truth that's found in here. Listen, let me read it for you today. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, which is known as the love chapter. If you go to 1 Corinthians 13, verse 13, you find this verse. It says, three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. But notice what's mentioned in here. Faith will last forever. Earlier in the same chapter of 1 Corinthians 13, Paul lists three other things that will not remain forever. He says, as for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. The reason is because, they, of course, they're no longer needed when you're in the light of perfection with Jesus Christ. But catch this. Faith is a gift that will remain. Our faith in Jesus will remain as he remains our e eternal hope. That doesn't change. Just because one day we will see everything clearly doesn't mean that our faith won't remain in the Jesus Christ, the Son of God. In fact, our faith in Jesus at that point in our life should be greater than any point in our life because we depend on Jesus Christ as our eternal hope. Amen. Joseph's life is a great example for our faith because his faith always remained in the promise of God. The last thought I want to share with you today found in Joseph's life is this. Faith delivers even after death. Faith delivers even after death. This is an amazing thought, and let's look at the end of Joseph's story in Genesis chapter 50. I just read the previous verse, and I'm going to read verses 25 and 26 to you today. Then Joseph made the sons of Israel, the sons of Israel are Joseph's brothers, swear an oath, and he said, when God comes to help you and lead you back, you must take my bones with you. So Joseph died at the age of 110. The Egyptians embalmed him, and his body was placed in a coffin in Egypt. Joseph's faith was so strong that he had the confidence that one day God would deliver them out of the land of Egypt. And when that day comes, he made his brothers promise, you will not leave my bones in Egypt. You're going to take my bones into the promised land. That's faith. That's great faith. Joseph's body might be dead, but his faith remained very much alive. If we go back to the book of Exodus, where God delivers the people from the land of Egypt, I'm taking you on a journey through the Old Testament just to show you 
this whole scenario of Joseph and that Hebrews chapter 11 that we read where all of a sudden he said, talked about how his bones, I'm taking you through this, this whole pro- progression so that you can see how it ends. In Exodus chapter 13 verse 19, it's recorded in this scripture, Moses took the bones. See, Joseph's brothers are dead now, but the promise that they made remains alive. So Moses picks up the promise. Moses took the bones of Joseph with him. For Joseph had made the sons of Israel swear to do this. He said, God will certainly come to help you. When when he does, you must take my bones with you from this place. God honored Joseph's life of faith even after his death. His bones were carried out of Egypt into the promised land. We don't think about this very often. I didn't think about this until all of a sudden I'm studying about this. I'm starting thinking, oh my goodness. The 40 years that the Israelites marched through the desert after they crossed it through the Red Sea and they were going into the promised land, do you realize that they carried Joseph's bones the entire time? Do you realize that Joseph's bones probably had more faith than the Israelites' feet at that point? He went on the journey with them throughout the desert. Joseph was with them. If we go over to the book of Joshua, we discover that Joshua's or Joseph's bones did arrive to the place of promise. This is what I want to take you to finish up here today. Listen to Joshua chapter 24, verse 32. The bones of Joseph, which the Israelites had brought along with them when they left Egypt, were buried at Shechem in the plot of land Jacob had bought from the sons of Hamor for 100 pieces of silver. This land was located in the territory allotted to the descendants of Joseph. He made it to the promised land. Here's a thought that I want to remind us today. And it hit me so hard when I was preparing and praying for this. Joseph could have been buried in Egypt. He could have. Think about it. I mean, here's the guy that basically saved a nation. Pharaoh had a dream and no one, no one could interpret the dream. Pharaoh brought all of his best people out to try to discover what this dream meant. No one could figure that dream out. And all of a sudden they heard about this guy that all of a sudden he was in prison and he interpreted a dream of a baker and a butler. And he said, go bring that guy to me. And he brings Joseph to him. And Joseph interprets a dream that saves the land of Egypt from a famine that lasted for seven years. It was a miracle. In fact, it saved other nations around them because Joseph had planned it so well that he had more than enough to be able to share with the other countries around him. In fact, even with his brothers who came back because they were starving to death and he helped them out. Now, if you would think about it, a man of that stature, a man with that kind of power, he could have said, yeah, I'm going to die I want to be buried here. And he, they could have erected a pyramid. They could have erected a statue of him. They could have erected all kinds of stuff to honor him. But catch this, he did not want to be honored by man. He wanted to be honored by God. Amen. And there's times in our lives, so many times we look for the approval of people. And God does not want us to look for the approval of people. He wants us to look for his approval. And there's a huge difference. And he didn't didn't want to be buried in Egypt in a land that was not of his God. He didn't want to be buried with a people that was not his, even though he served well in there. He wanted to go into the promised land that God had promised to his great-grandfather Abraham. And he wanted to be buried in that promise. And when you put your faith in Jesus Christ, 
When you choose to all of a sudden say, God, I'm not of this world. I'm of a different world. Now, you can work in this world. You can do all the wonderful things in this world. You can be successful in this world. I believe God wants us to be. But we are not of this world. We are not of this world. And we need to have the faith to believe in the promise that God has given us. Through his son, Jesus Christ. If we have faith in him, guess what? We have citizenship in heaven. Hallelujah, amen. Come on. Joseph had accomplished many amazing victories. He had overcome tremendous hardships and trials, yet he had no desire for man's recognition. His desire was to be in the land of promise. Joseph enters into the hall of faith in Hebrews chapter 11, which is what we've been studying, not because of all the wonderful things that he had accomplished in Egypt, which, man, there was wonderful things that he accomplished by faith. Not for his faith when he fled the grasp of Potiphar's wife. Not for his faith to interpret the dreams of the baker and the butler while he's in prison. Not for the faith that he did when he interpreted the dream of Pharaoh. But he is mentioned in the hall of faith because he believed in the promise God gave to his great-grandfather, Abraham. He believed in the deliverance of God's people to a land that God had promised. And remember the scripture that I began with today. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 22. He says, it was by faith that Joseph, when he was about to die, said confidently, said confidently. He was confident. Say it with me. Confidence. Confidence. Come on. He said it with confidence. That the people of Israel would leave Egypt. He even commanded them to take his bones with them when they left. And I started to think about this. Why did the author of Hebrews, with all the great actions and all the wonderful things that Joseph had done throughout his entire life, why did the author of Hebrews choose the one thing that's basically on his deathbed to say that was the highlight of great faith? And as I was thinking about it, I just thought this this side. Because what Joseph had declared at that point in his life, he would have absolutely no control over because he was going to be dead. So many times we can have great faith when we still have control. Some of that will will hit some of you later on. But it's mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11 because it's great faith because he wasn't going to have control. Yet he had faith that God was going to deliver him. When you put your faith in Jesus Christ, that's what you're doing. You're putting your faith in a promise that Christ is going to deliver us. Even from death, he's going to deliver me into life. Listen to these words that the Apostle Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 21 and 22. Paul writes, so you see, just as death came into the world through a man, now the resurrection from the dead has begun through another man. Speaking of Jesus. Just as everyone dies because we all belong to Adam, everyone who belongs to Christ will be given new life. New life in Jesus Christ. The long game of faith doesn't allow the circumstances of life to dictate our future. The long game of faith remains focused on God's promises. The long game of faith will deliver us even after death. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, Lord God, that your word is not not given and it will not...
be void. When your word is spoken, it changes hearts and it changes lives. And I pray right now, Lord God, for everyone that is sitting here, listening to these words, Lord God, that they will come to life to them like never before. And I pray, Lord God, for everybody that's watching online right now, as they're sitting at home, maybe they're on their couch, maybe they're circled around the kitchen table, whatever it might be. I pray, God, the faith that Joseph had, the faith in a promise. God, that same faith will rise in each and every one of our lives, Lord God. And the circumstances of life will never, Lord God, distract us from the great faith that we can have in God. And I pray today, Lord God, that we will go out, Lord God, and Lord God, we will not let circumstances destroy our faith, but God, we will allow our faith, Lord God, to change our circumstances. For some, Lord God, here today, they're facing circumstances that are beyond their control. They didn't ask for it. It's just been placed in their lap. You know their hearts. You know their desires. God, I pray for great faith. I pray that faith will start arising in a new and fresh way like never before. They will see the opportunity just as Joseph saw the opportunity in prison. Just as Joseph saw the opportunity when he was in a pit. Just as Joseph saw when he was at an opportunity at Potiphar's house. Lord God, they'll see the opportunity. And great faith will arise. And Lord God, their circumstances will begin to change because God, you are in control. Thanks for listening to the South Coast Christian Podcast. We appreciate those who give on a regular basis to South Coast because through your giving, we are able to provide these resources. For more information about South Coast, including service times and ways to give, please visit southcoastchristian.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. Thanks again, and may this week be filled with new opportunities where you can receive and share God's love.